Good day. Welcome to The Trendy Place. This is The Trend Podcast with Justin A. Williams, and I'm here to bring you content from all across the spectrum, and today is no different. Today we have an entrepreneur, stylist to the stars, and also someone who is incredibly impressive in terms of their list of stars that they have uh, styled for, uh, creative direction, and a black woman in the industry that is creating more diversity in the industry as well. Sheila Gregg, how are you today? Hey, Justin, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, honored to have you as well. Uh, we have never had uh, a fashion uh, entrepreneur on the show before. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that my fashion tends, <laughs> care about fashion tends to oscillate sometimes <laughs> with the season. When the summer, I don't really care that much. It's too hot. Uh, but in the fall, I certainly try to dress well. So hopefully I can get some tips for you. Um, cool. Also for, for other men that listen to the station too, and women too, who, who need fashion advice as I do as, as well. And uh, also talk to you about your career. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you get to, started and and how you became who you are now um yeah um well well for, as far as the fashion like we all doing the the coolest thing right now because it is super hot out there but um right. yeah as far as fashion and how I got started uh I was I've loved the fashion industry and loved doing things since I was a kid so I grew up in like a small town and actually it was supposed to be I was only supposed to be in New York interning to get a fashion. I had started making stuff and just uh, distributing it, talking to record companies and labels in, in my small town. And um, one of them bought it, one of my designs for um, a new and upcoming artist at LaFace Records. And then oh, wow. I got offered an internship for supposedly two weeks. I was only going to be in New York two weeks and two weeks has turned into many, many years, but um, they used the design um, and I started actually repping like models and uh, kids and um, photographers and stuff. I was working at an agency who, who repped those people and that kind of got me in. And then I actually, you know, went to Fashion Institute of Technology, got my degree and started interning for Tracy Reese and other some other people, other designers there. And once uh, I started interning, uh, I kind of met with the designer, Byron Lars, and kind of the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. It's it's crazy how sometimes, you know, you'll think something's going to last for like a week and then it turns into um, a career, uh, you know, right. going there for a long time. Yeah, you never, well, in my mind, I was like, and I fell in love. I came to New York and I fell in love with it, but I just thought, okay, well, it's going to be two weeks. And uh, yeah, it just, it took a turn and I, I can't even imagine. And I think that's when you know, when you have a passion for something and you cannot imagine doing anything else in life, that's how fashion is for me. I, you yeah. know, you have ups and downs in everything you do, but when it's something that you always keep coming back to and you have to start having a passion for it, um yeah that's special and then i had a passion too for you know when you get in the industry and in the in the business um i didn't see a lot for us in the business and so mm -hmm. i to not only just have a passion for doing design but i wanted a passion to put diversity into the industry. that's incredible that's amazing um you know i was on instagram the other day and this person was talking he shared a meme 
Um, and it was about how people often say, if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. But then this guy was saying, no, what's true is that if you love what you do, you will be willing to outwork anybody on Saturdays and Sundays. You will work nights. You will hustle as much as you possibly can. And you will work 10 times harder. It just won't feel like work. Uh, or it feels like work, but you're you're built for it, you know? Yeah, it's, but it's really true because, you know what, I've learned if you have a passion for it, it's when I'm doing something that I know I have to do in the business, because you should know every area of your business, you look at the time. But it's been a lot of times that I'll start doing a project and it's like five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I got to get some sleep because I got to get up the next morning and go right, again. Right, right. So it's work. It's going to be work. And I think I think that's unfortunately something that we don't put out there enough. Everything mm-hmm. is work, but it's your determination. It's whether you're going to really be determined, learn your craft, do it to the best of your ability, and keep pushing. Yes, and yes. Do you find that people that you maybe mentor or you see coming up in the industry now, do you find that they have the gusto and they have the mentality that you do? Or do you feel like in fashion, uh, like in a lot of industries, um, people are just kind of uh, down on Gen Z and millennials and 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 how that's progressing. See, I wish I could say that it's like the same energy, but I think I and I don't put it all on them. I think it's just the society that we're in right now. I think mm-hmm. that Instagram and and the shows like Project Runway and things make you feel like it should be instantaneous. Yes, everything should be instantaneous, and it's not. And so um, when you see all these Instagram posts and you see these people and all the glamorous things that are in it, then that kind of deters you from the work that comes along with it. Because, yes, we do get to dress celebrities. Yes, we do get a fashion show. But if I could tell you how many minutes I spent in that and how many minutes I spent lugging clothes or on calls or doing business meetings or doing all the logistics of it. That's not the glamorous part, and nobody shows that. So I'm I'm not going to put it all on them, but unfortunately, yeah, they don't have as much gusto because they want it instantly. They don't want to mm. work. They don't want to do all the work, and they don't want to take the additional time to learn the things that you have to learn as part of the industry because I see this on Facebook, and I see an instant millionaire, like, in the right. instant fame. And so why can't, you know, I get it, but it just... It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they really should call it Instagram, right? Because everybody <laughs> thinks that that kind of like there's a hack for everything, right? Uh, in my in my daily life, I'm a professor, and you know, I meet students all the time that say, "Hey, how can I get this A?" And I'll tell them, "Well, look, if you start on day one, on day one you have an A. Everybody has an A." But you might do things to lose that position, right? So you have to come here every day willing to listen, be attentive, contribute, and do the work. And look, I'm not the hardest grader, so you should be fine. But then what happens is people say, well, there's got to be a hack to Mr. Williams, right? There's got to be maybe if I talk to him at his office hours, it smooths him up a little bit. Or maybe if I cheat on this a little bit, or maybe if I use chat GBT or something like that, um, they're, they're always looking for the next kind of thing to be. Cleverness is a great skill, 
But like anything in moderate, you need in moderation, trying to outsmart everything and be so clever that unlike you, Sheila, who's built a career over years and worked, grinded, you know, and is now someone who has a platform to really create change, equitable change. That takes time and that takes clout. You got to network for that. And I find sometimes people, people don't really understand that. You know, when I, when I see these, um, when I, my, my sister went to the Met this year, uh, the Met Gala and she was, yeah, she was telling me about all the fashion and everything like that. And I'm looking, I'm saying that is a year of work. That, that those dresses, people think that they, they just kind of come off the rack or they're just done in a week. That is a year of planning. Those dresses are like custom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only that, but it's like then you're stopping what you're doing. We have a schedule. We have like this season, um, we're doing this fall season, the spring season. So when a celebrity mm-hmm. comes up, they need something for a special occasion like that. That's a specially made dress. So then right. that's extra time you're putting in to make sure they get it. Then once they get it, a lot of times there's fittings afterwards just to make sure that the fit is properly you know, they're fitted properly, that you're going back and forth with a person. This may be all hours of the night because they have a schedule, you have a schedule. Um, You're getting things back and forth. This they like, this they don't like. There may be changes in the midst of that. So no, it, it just seems like it because all you see on Instagram is the person getting the dress, trying it on and wearing it to the event. But there's a lot hurdles in between and then there 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 are other people and other logistics in it that nobody ever says like Mm -hmm. a lot of times they have like companies that are like their pr companies to say she loves this color but then they're like "Mm, this is not so good for her so then there could be a whole turnaround of what you just designed and like oh now we need it in black now we (laughs) there are a lot of logistics too and then in the end you have to be okay that if something goes wrong and and it just they've changed that their mind that day that it may not happen at all. And, yeah. and still, yeah. Right, right, right. I, I, I mean, I can't, I only know this from what my sister tells me from her work, but like the way that things work with celebrities sometimes is it's planned for a year, but it can change in a minute, you know, and it can change in a second, in an instant. Um, Just like, like writer strike now, we had some things that were in play and um, unfortunately, you know, some events got canceled, some things got moved around. So then, right. like, you know, we we can't do it now. So you, ha- you, I tell anybody, I think the the biggest lesson to learn in any industry, know how to pivot because you're gonna have to. Yes. Whatever you do, you're gonna have to pivot, and if you can't, you're gonna have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta ask you. I've always wanted to know this. So as someone in fashion, how do you know? How do you read the tea leaves and know what's next? Like, what's the next big thing, or or or, or what to design for a season? I people always say, you know, this season's big thing and this season's that. And I'm always wondering who determines that. How does that? How do you how do you predict that? How do you adjust to that? Um, I think well, for for me and this is personal, I know they do have trend reports and and things of that nature, and you do see things like mm. like right now there's a big Barbie push because Barbie's out, and there's a okay. big Barbie. So maybe sequins come into play. Um, but on the real, for, for me personally, and for uh, because I, I'm, I'm partners in the fashion company in earnest with Barbara uh, and Lars, I think it's, it's mostly God. It's laying out a bunch of fabrics, going to fabric agents, seeing what's out there, and seeing actually it's like God just gives you that miracle to put it, lay everything sure. out, put everything right. together, 
and you kind of you kind of see wh- where you're going that season. Um, I mean, you do pay you can, you do pay attention to trends only because the fabric agents have what is out and new now, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to be all in your collection. Right, but right. Most of the time, most people will go through a trend report, and mm-hmm. and and trends come through like um, for me. And doing the Sheila Gray collection and doing the whole style by you, the shirts and stuff that I do now, it's it's mm-hmm. easier for me because I can basically go upon what's going on. Like if it's a popular movie or like I said, mm-hmm. like the Barbie, right. if it's a Little Mermaid with some sequins, then I can use those leftover fabrics. But when it comes to clothes and trends of what's going on right now, it changes so quickly. And, and the industry is different, too. It, it, it changes so quickly. Um one minute it can be sequins, one minute it can be metallics, mm-hmm. uh, pastels, um, you know, so I, I think you have to keep more of your mindset of where your collection and your customer right. is. And that customer base kind of tells you, this is what I think is going to trend with with my customers and who, who the people who like what I do. Yeah, it can't be easy because sometimes you have this atavistic re- effect where like things styles from 30 years ago suddenly pop back up and and then you got to be ready for that you know you have to say like can we even have the materials the designers the graphic artists who could make something from 1985 again you know like that's crazy and then you, you also have situations where you can take an example of uh, hip-hop hip-hop fashion when i was in high school totally different than what they're doing now everybody wants tight short shorts uh you know, very, very form-fitting uh, outfits. Um, was, again, society. Yeah. Social is, is really changing a lot of the trends and what we go from when when the whole, uh, like, Cardi B craze came out, when Cardi came out, when certain celebrities came out, and then it changed the aesthetic of what we call hip-hop. What we call, right. we were, back in the day, yeah, it was the jeans and the, the graffiti graffiti on the shirts and the jackets and mm-hmm. plain oh, white tees yeah right, right and right. Um, but now it's, it's totally a different it's it's a more sexier look it's it's a shorter look uh yeah. you know more form-fitted uh mm-hmm. and, and that could change it you know too because that's why i said social media now has become even more than a trend for anything it's become the reflection of what people see and really creative people, that's what you do. You're using what you see is what you're geared to, whether you really know it or not. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. And and as someone in the fashion industry, a lot of times you have to probably just trust just, just trust your gut. Just trust your, your senses. It's like a, a, a you know, I thank God I'm like it's a God given thing to say, you know what, yeah. things work and it comes together in the end. Because if not you would be changing every two minutes. Like, right. okay, well, this was, but that was two weeks ago. Now it's this trend, and now it's that trend. So you just have to, and, and your customer page, you know what you sell, you know who you sell to, then you know mm. um, that short look great on party, but on my customer, that's not going to, that's yeah. You got to, you yeah. kind of got to know who your customer client base is. And, know what they're geared to and, and yeah, trust trust you, trust what you do and how you design. Where can we find the Sheila Gray collection to to purchase it? Um on uh 
my website, which is www.tillagraycollections.com. And then, um, like I said, I've, I've partnered, so I actually have two companies. In Earnest is www.inearnestofficial.com. Oh, great. Okay, cool, cool. I, I wanted to make sure I, I, I asked you that because, um, you know, I, I have two sisters. I also have my mother. Uh, I try to buy them stuff all the time. I, I never know what to get them. Um, but they love fashion, and they, they, they always love the next big thing. And, and also for our audience, too, uh, you know, to to be able to dress well, I think that's an important thing. Well, uh, fashion is a form of expression, which yeah. is for me. While why the whole Shieldrake collection part came in and the style by you came in because for women, and I wanted them to feel beautiful, but I wanted to show them. Um, we're, we're on the podcast, so you can't see, but the diversity in us and the beauty in us and so I try to represent as many women as I can um, just to show that diversity and that beauty and that inclusion and even gear it towards kids with just out by you and a, a fashion kit that I'm doing so that like they could have wearable art to do themselves so um, you know we're taking it one step at a time but we're, we're trying to diversify and, and be very inclusive and not just have a business, but a, a place where, you know, we can get back and, and make an industry so that we're all inclusive and we all diverse to be net. So many times it's dependent upon, um, and, and I love the fashion industry, but a lot of times it's dependent upon who gets there, who gets in, because it, it is an, an expensive endeavor. So this way, uh, I just feel like it can make a change, it can show a change, and, and yeah. So how do you feel about um, continuing off what you were saying about the greater, I guess you could say, um, search for equality within the fashion industry? You know, um, when I was historic, historically speaking, um, many people have felt boxed out of fashion, uh, people of certain sizes, uh, people of certain colors, people of certain uh, languages, backgrounds, things like that, people of certain professions too um sure. how do you how do, how do you feel about that because i know for me as a taller i played rugby so i'm a taller bigger guy um i also know that it, it's been hard for me when i to to find clothing uh that i think suits my body until maybe around like three or four years ago and i feel like there's been a great shift for a lot of people in that um how does how, how do you feel about that and who do you think are are like the pioneers of that um, I mean, back in, in the, the inclusivity part, I think hit all at once. Um, I think, um, and I'm glad it did. I think that, again, I think social media helped that because, um, Lizzo coming on the scene, I think really made yeah. a big um, in inclusion and, and a, a size difference, but that's been as far back as Austin, who, as far as our culture and, and having like African Americans and different ethnicities um, come into play with the runway shows, but right. it just wasn't as wide span. I feel like I've heard of Halston. I, I I saw the CNM special about him. So yeah, that was, that was uh, uh, I remember back in the day, like you would see some, but not as many as actually. Truthfully, I feel like the big push, though, 
came from George Floyd when the whole situation happened the pandemic, I feel like it opened the floodgates to then predominantly like Prada, Gucci, everybody, mm-hmm. including all ethnicities into right. right. Um, I just feel like I, and I just pray that that's sustainable and that it stays and continues and grows. Um, because a lot of times when certain things happen in the world, it will have a moment, but it won't have a lasting effect. Right. Just um, you know, we need that lasting effect in every in every industry, not just fashion, but in every industry, but especially in fashion, because like you said, it. Um, I haven't always been. I've been probably from because when my career started through some health issues, I've been size zero size literally to a size 16 18 so mm. i can feel a person what you feel like in a world where you feel like i don't fit in because of my size or i don't mm-hmm. fit in right so i don't fit in because of this or that um and it it's not a great feeling so i i feel like whatever we can do uh is going to have to be done together right and, and right kind of bind together in uh through all things, through the hip hop culture, through through the, the designer culture, you know, through a Gucci and a Prada, and you know, just all the worlds. I think we have to be on the same page and just be like, this is what we're going to push for. This is how we're going to push it for in any way we can. Right uh, around that time, well, a couple of years ago, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, and I just know one of the things that really got her through it. Um, was her fashion, uh, was being able to go into her closet and say, look at all my lovely, these lovely, you know, I, I feel like I lack in my body, but I have all these lovely shoes. I have these dresses I, that I want to wear and want to go out. I need to feel beautiful. I need to feel beautiful to put these on and go out there and put myself out there. And um, I think fashion really, um, really can have that kind of power because just, just, just as, it just as 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 animals, right? I mean, if you look at like in the animal kingdom, when when you have springtime and birds and and different mammals are coming on, they're they're showcasing themselves, right? I mean, that's when they have pride, and and any and anybody who who's a person has pride when they are fitting a good suit, you know. Um, for me, uh, my battle was last uh, two years ago. I was three hundred and eighty two pounds. And I've lost about a hundred pounds since then. And okay. I know that I, I know that when I was bigger, you know, and I couldn't fit my skinny suit from college, that affected me. And 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 trying to find clothes that made me look flattering was hard. And um fashion really was one of those things that was a goal for me. It was just like my goal was to be healthy or get my A1C down or my cholesterol down. Saying that I have this goal shirt. I'm going to do it. You know, I bought myself a pair of pants that were size 38 back when I was 382. And I said, I'm going to fit those pants at some point. I'm going to get oh, into those. Because I did know? myself. Um, right. that's, it, was, it was the same types of diagnosis that I had. And um, it, through all the health challenges, it was like, I have to say, and that's why I guess I love our clothing collection too, because I felt good. Even when I wasn't feeling good on the, mm-hmm. on the outside, I yeah. still felt like I looked good on the outside because right. um, 
you know, we, we especially make clothes to fit the, a woman's mm-hmm. body to make her feel be- beautiful. And yeah. it does. That helps you to look in that closet and see, you know what, I'm not in this now because it's right. medication that me up or, or made me too thin. I can't fit it now, but I'm going to fit this. And right. I think one of the most beautiful stories I ever had was from a woman who, uh, that's what she did. She bought an outfit for the day she celebrated not having to take any more radiation treatment. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. A picture and her story, and it was so beautiful just to hear somebody say, like, I think that's what makes it worthwhile, doing fashion. Yeah, that's... Something as simple as clothing can change Mm -hmm. lives. It can change their self-esteem. It can change how they relate to people, how they feel about people. Um, yeah, so that to me is the bigger picture of, of yeah, fashion. I mean, it's, it's, you I gotta think, feel like an individual. Yeah. And I think you can, I think, you know, in what you're, you're wearing, like I said, it's, it's an expression of you. And, and I think for me, it's too bringing back creativity to people. You know, it's, it's, to me, all of this is a form of creativity and we lost it in a way we kind of see other people and we do what they do, you kind of lose your individuality. But mm-hmm. that's what makes us all great is right. you have what makes you great and, and I have what makes me great. But when we all get together, this is like a melting pot and it's great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it really is. And, and I think the next generation, they need it even more so because I, you know, I'm a fan of technology too, but I'm just saying I think we need more to invoke our minds to creativity and to, yes. to yeah. makes us us. And I, th- I think it just will help a lot. And it has helped. Like I actually uh, mentor a group uh, of kids. I just, uh, I've started working with a group called Drill De- and um, they actually do that with arts and youth programs to help kids to feel more confident and positive and creative and, you know, we're living in a different world and the next if we don't have a next generation there won't be one <laughs> right 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 so and i and, you know uh I, I i'm really preaching to the choir because as a professor i'm sure you see a yeah. lot more than i do i i see a ton i i see these kids who you know what helps what helped me again lose the weight and want to be fashionable in my own definition of that again was my grandfather my grandfather dresses well 24 7. he he is never not he's from that generation you know the generation that always wore a suit they wear a suit just to go to mcdonald's and 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 hang out you know so he he's always dapper and i just felt like you know as i come down and as i get into my adulthood phase I want to, you know, when I have children, I want to be an example for someone like that too. To, hey, take pride in how you look, take pride in how you dress, um, have your own style, but let's 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 do something that that looks coordinated, color coordinated, good, smelling good, all that stuff. Um, I tell these kids all the time that I see they come in and they're just in sandals or Crocs and they have you know sweatshirts on. And they're just totally what they call, say, in their bag, right? They're just totally in their own zone. And I would wonder, I'd say, you know, if somebody approached them and said, hey, I'd like to offer you a job or, hey, I'd like to take you out to dinner sometime or any of those things where some social interaction is going to happen, 
look, you know, a lot of the fashion that you see in Gen Z is very much like an away message, you know, an AOL away message of, I don't want to be bothered. I just want to go to point A, point B, and then back to my couch. And I, I would, I hope going forward that, yeah, exactly. You know, they, like the phone is their communication. So it's like you actually, it's so funny because I will see them have those fashion moments on their Instagram pages. And then yeah. you see them, it's like, okay, well, right. But, but on here, you're, right, right, right. You're, you have everything on, the latest of everything, but in mm-hmm. person, person they shift yeah they they know they know how to do it they definitely know how to have their own individual style but it's just not always doing it at certain certain times um i i teach i i'll continue oh no i i just think um you kind of can lose the opportunity that way though yeah it's still what i see on the outside even if we don't think it is and that's another way too if you are not as confident on the inside, maybe I'm not, you know, I don't feel I can speak as much, but a lot of times your clothes are your form of expression too. When you're pulled together, people notice. And now especially they take notice because if everybody's in the hoodie and the jeans, and then I come in in the style that I'm comfortable in, but I may have this blouse and maybe this long skirt or maybe a short, shorter skirt, but in, in a different type of top or w- whatever the case may be, it allows you to stand out. Um, And I think sometimes that could be a problem, too. So we've come to an age where people just all want to fit in and not stand out. But standing out is not a bad thing. Right, of course. So, you know. So tell tell me a little bit about your partnership with uh, Byron Lars. I got that right, right? Byron Lars? Yes. uh, again, I was I was interning, and it's funny because um, I didn't even know who he was. I was just mm-hmm. like, and we met during the time when I was interning, and um, that again was supposed to be something that was he needed help temporary for like two weeks. Two weeks has turned into many years in a partnership. Uh, oh, okay, and we ended up uh, working together in the iteration. It used to be Diamond Lars Beauty Mark. Um, mm-hmm. And we were just doing the heavy lifting there. And when COVID happened, like I said before, you everybody had to pivot. Um, the partnership we had then dissipated and we became business partners and uh, started in earnest. Yeah, so what, what I so what I that's awesome because what I what I love about that story um, that I read uh, when it came to me was that there was there, there's so much opportunity in the fashion industry for people to collaborate. And I always liked hearing, you know, like Puff Daddy's collaborating with Blink-182 or something like that. Or, uh, you know, you get these these amazing partnerships that you don't even expect sometimes. And I have to know is that what happens sometimes when you, you clash, right? Like when things are, you have your idea and someone else has another idea in fashion, does it ever, do you ever go and say, you know what, let's just combine them and see what happens? Or is it one of those things where it's like the conservative approach wins out? Um, I will say that it, usually when the ideas clash, it's pretty hard to, to make something that you both agree upon. A lot of times, though, when you see those bigger collaborations like with Puff and, and, and major, major corporations, they have a design team. Okay. So 
they usually um, will rely on some, like he may say, Let, let's steer it this way, but then it's it's just a, them working to get the final approach of what he may want or what that mm -hmm. company needs. Mm -hmm. When it's a smaller company and a smaller iteration of what you're doing, it's kind of harder if it's a total clash because yeah. um, it's one person, so there's no real way to get everything the way that person may want. So it may come about, and, and sometimes it just it just doesn't work. Because we, we've, we've been approached... Uh, Usually, it's it's a celebrity backing is a little easier um, mm -hmm. to to maybe make that collaboration, but um, the work you have to do is just it just depends on who you're working with and and how much that designer and that create the other creative person are willing to like. I can do this part. You can do that part. Or right, right, right. It's never an easy answer to that because. It's, you know, we've done a lot of things for a lot of people, and, and some are easy and some are just more complicated. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So one of my last questions to you is is um, for our men out there, right? Uh, men like me, uh, you know, men that are, that are what, what I see in a lot of times is men that are from 25 to about 45 is an epidemic in kind of the dating game right, is an inability to um, get the life that you want um, and uh, find someone special, right? And a lot of times dress and fashion is a part of that, right? I mean, I know for myself, I go out to, when I go out to dress in a social environment, I'm always thinking maybe I'll meet somebody. So I'll have a nice belt, I'll have my watch on. My mom was always like, wear a watch, right? Um, do those things, have a nice wallet. Don't pull out a raggedy wallet with a bunch of cash in it. Um, what do you think is like the ultimate fashion for somebody uh, 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 trying to go out and look good in in the city or something like that? If they're invited to a soiree or a party or something like that, what should somebody do? What should somebody wear? Do you think? Um. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's dependent upon what the, the event is or what what the party is. I think, but. Um, I think, I, again, I think it was what I said earlier, like, it's if you're willing to stand out, it's, it's mm. a lot of times what you see is the same person there. Um, you know, the same, if everybody's in jeans and a hoodie, but, you know, I see you and, and you're like in maybe jeans and you have like some kind of like, you know, blazer on or you, you have, it, it's more of a business attire or a casual mm. business then um, depending on the, and it depends on the age group too. It yeah. depends on the age group of the people that you're going around. I think um, in in my age category, I think it's, for me, more of a business attire, more of a business look. If it is a casual look, then I mean, maybe it's, it's like for me, everybody is attracted to when they see me these glasses. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, our clothes don't even matter because they're like, oh, the, the glasses are so cool. Then they notice the outfit. Um, but I think it's being true to your style, you know, true to, you know, uh, don't come, no, do, do not come with ripped up shirts and, right. and just looking stubbornly. Right. But I think it, it's anything you go to, you're going to be more confident. And I, I think, and I always say this, even when we have this study modeling and taking pictures, if you don't feel comfortable in it, it comes across. Yeah, it comes across. So I think don't try to change 
you so much that it's not you. But I think if you're feeling comfortable in your own skin and, and that t-shirt, but it's a nice t-shirt and that pair of jeans and those great looking sneakers or, um, and, and you want to put on some glasses or if it's this printed shirt or, you know, slacks, even if everybody else is in baggy pants and a sweatshirt, if that's how you feel comfortable, that's what's going to come. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to take that advice uh, for sure. Um, so my last question to you is, what is the future of SGC? Uh, where do you see yourself going? What ins- What's inspiring you now and in the future? And it, it doesn't have to be like 10 years. It could be like a, a couple of months. But where do you see yourself going creatively? Um, creatively, uh, I, I want actually us to, I want to expand it. I want to um, possibly go in the direction of, of getting uh, collaborations with different companies. Um, producing more product that uh, that shows inclusivity and diversity, um, and I mean, creative just expanding more of the characters and the figures that I see that represent. Okay, great. Yeah, so. You know, we'll, we'll look forward to that. And uh, for anybody here who's interested in fashion or interested in, obviously, acquiring clothing, please do look out for the Sheila Gray collection. And for trenders out there, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Remember, we are top 15% globally in shares, so thank you for that. And also remember, my book is out, uh, my first book, Reborn Virtues Constellation. You can get that at Amazon and anywhere where books are found. And I want to thank my guest, Sheila Gray, today. Uh, it's thank been great, great having you on. Uh, and do you have any last words for our audience? Um, just, I'm thankful for being on and you know what, just enjoy being you, you know, you're beautiful, you're the person that goes out there and represents you every day, so be the best thing you can. Yes, being your optimum self is, is great, and as I always say, try to have a build mentality, get better at something, anything you can, 5% uh, a month, you know, if you've never read a book before, read a page a week. Eventually, you'll be reading books. Or eventually, you'll be reading books. I tried to learn Spanish this year because most of my students spoke Spanish. I am now pretty fluent. Um, but you know what? I was losing. I was losing it for a week. So I just watched Telemundo for an hour before doing this uh, recording. <laughs> so you know, find ways to put in the work and get creative. But thank you and thank you, Sheila. But thank you so much, Shenders.